This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by Chocograms. Gift tins full of sweet surprises. Okay, Yum. guys. Halloween's around the corner, and <clears throat> for Halloween, Chocograms is doing special DIY bark kits. That's right. They're going to have spooky things like candy corn, gummy worms, crushed gluten-free sandwich cookies, and M&Ms. That's right, chocolate bark with some delicious Halloween-themed treats. Uh, I think the candy corn would be perfect. That that might be the perfect use of candy corn to be in bark. Look, I think candy corn should be used for many things except on its own. See, I enjoy candy corn on its own. Even. <laughs> That's me. I look. I like candy come corn. Come as no surprise it's to like anyone. In a popcorn situation, like a popcorn. Oh, chocolate you know, you, candy we've corn. had this conversation on this podcast yeah. before. Yeah. 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 I'm I gotta board. do that. So I'm gonna make myself a note in my planner. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, I think that candy corn goes great with other stuff, and so do the folks at Chaco Grams. Uh, and we wanted to let you guys know uh, that from October 1st through the 9th, they're gonna be donating five dollars for every item ordered to the Women's Rights Project (ACLU) in honor of the late great Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So, so great. Yeah, everyone, I uh, would like you to be aware of that. October 1st through the 9th, order some delicious treats, and they'll be sending $5 over to the Women's Rights Project, the ACLU, in honor of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So, get your candy. Gift it to someone. Gift it to yourself. You know what? You deserve it, whoever you are listening to this right now. And if you want to save 15% off your first order, all you have to do is go to I. Love Chocograms, I-L-O-V-E-C-H-O-C-O-G-R-A-M-S dot com, and uh, enter the promo code Frank Sinatra Come On at checkout. That's right. Frank Sinatra Come On at checkout for 15% off your first order uh, of Chocograms. Get something delicious. There's pumpkin powder filled marshmallows with pumpkin spice. It, you drop it in a hot, it's a hot cocoa in a mug. It just, it's a bomb. It's a hot Choco cocoa bomb. bomb. Uh, they've got bark. They've got new filled marshmallow stuff with flavored ganache dipped in chocolate, and they're addictive. And also uh, the DIY kit, Halloween inspired mix-ins. Guys, go get it. Go to ilovechocograms.com. Enter the promo code Frank Sinatra. Come on for fifteen percent off your first order. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the galaxy's number one Alpha Quadrant-centric podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I'm oh, Devin Anirao. <laughs> oh, yeah. I blew it. He's still here. No, you didn't. How did you blow it? 
I talked. You didn't hear it. I talked oh, when he started you talking. You blew it. <laughs> I hear I leaned into it. And then I was, like, and then you had such a blank expression on your face that I thought, oh, oh he's not that, doing it this week. That was just my normal blank expression. Don't, don't yeah, be that's, fooled. That's his pro look. Don't that's be, his. I don't even need to react like I'm going to do anything. Don't be fooled. <laughs> uh, you know, I had the soundboard up, ready to go. I know Devin Nani's also always with us. He's the he's he's the he's the uh, he's the father, son, and the Holy Spirit of this podcast. He is everywhere. He's always with us. It's Devin Nani Rall, everybody. He's an unfortunate choice for our third co-host. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, uh, look, if, if anyone can find any more people going, and I'm so-and-so, on Star Trek, let me know and send it Oh, in. yeah. Good thinking. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's time to uh, answer the question. Some of you have been asking. Some of you have been wondering. I'm going to answer it right now. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Yes, I would. It's a great Troy episode. That nice. never happens. It's a great Troy episode. That's right. I said it with a straight face. No Romulan face. Oh, the Tal Shiar. What a treat. Do you enjoy yourself? Would you want to be in the Tal Shiar? If you were a Romulan, would you want to be in the Tal Shiar? No. Nah. No. I'd be that, I feel like- I'd be that blonde human who went to Romulus. <laughs> You mean Tasha's daughter? No. Oh, the other, the, 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 the lame in this the, episode? The defector ensign who just like, you know looks, funny is, looks like they Whenever there's someone like that in real life, they always sort of have that kind of like, mo. they always have that look. It looks like they pulled him off a convention floor. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah. Maybe he won a prize. <laughs> maybe he did win a prize, and his prize was for a for a for a over, I mean, he had more than five lines, so... Oh, yeah, that's a sizable star. That is, that part. Is a, that's a good-sized that good co-star. That is a guest star situation. Uh, yeah. Well, Andy, we've done enough uh, out here in the hallway. Let's go to sure the Admirals have. Club. Welcome to the Admirals Club. Yes. <laughs> uh, I like that one. It is a nice one. Change it up every now and then. Uh, but, you know, how are you going to get in here? I'll let you know. That's right. Now, get into the Admirals Club. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five star review of our show. You could hate it, you could love it. You just have to leave a five star review, write whatever you want. You're in the Admirals Club, and uh, we'll single out a couple of Admiral Club members every week. Andy, who is it this week? I'll tell you, Matt, it's uh, Rapier Tickle Van Dyke who uh, writes Top Shelf Entertainment, and uh, he or she says, I like it when they argue. It makes me feel better about my friendships. (laughs) In that you also argue or that you have friendships where there's no arguing? (laughs) That's a really good question. I only interpreted the latter. Oh, that's interesting. It was just like, I don't argue that much. (laughs) Oh, I I, I, I tend to think it's probably that they're just also nerds and they argue about stuff that is very fake and not relevant. Could be. Uh, Van Dyke, please send in another review to answer your question. Another five-star review. Anyway, that's it. Uh, I just want to try and keep it keep it moving today. Oh, okay. Let's head on over to the President's Circle then. The United Federation of Planets President's Circle. 
Oh, yes, it's the President's Circle. Would you like to come on in here? All you got to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC and support this podcast. And in doing so, you will be uh, welcome with open arms to the President's Circle. Uh, and in the President's Circle, you get up to four additional podcasts every single month. It's out of control. If you thought, boy, they talk a lot, guess what? We talk a lot there, too. So uh, support the show. If you want to uh, get your name read on the podcast every month, uh, that's the way to do it. And guess what? We're doing that today, so stay tuned. Uh, Andy, uh, we single out every someone every week uh, for the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor, a particularly enjoyable uh, Priority One message. Uh, who is it this week? It's uh, our friend, uh, Lieutenant Neil Studd, uh, who answered my uh, my request to come up with a... Uh, a name for our Mystery Men podcast. <laughs> sure, okay. We don't have a Mystery Men podcast. We're never going to do a Mystery Men podcast. <laughs> but if we did, but it would be called what? We did. Your Mystery Men podcast should be called Mystery Loves Company. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, it's uh, pretty good. It's good. it's good. Is it so good that we have to do the podcast? No, but is it good? No. It's really good. As some of you may remember, I uh, I I did I fi- I did my final trapping of Matt to do this podcast when I came up with uh, Star Trek: The Next Conversation. Yep, uh, this uh, let me tell you, I just didn't want a world where this podcast existed, and I didn't I wasn't on it because that, <laughs> that name was that good. Uh, and here we are, many years later, and many episodes later. Oh my goodness! Uh, that's it for the Priority One messages, uh, my friend. Well, then let me hit this button. Sorry. Priority not, I know. I know. Thank you. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. That's it for the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Now, That's it for the Christopher Pike Medal Priority of Valor. Priority one. It was a tight turnaround, guys. We recorded the... I put it up yesterday, and we we're recording it today. Tight turnaround, so there's not a ton of messages... But uh, we're going to hear what you guys say about oh, Aquio. That, that's where you're wrong, buddy. As soon as I put up the uh, the request, uh, they come flowing in. That's but uh, okay. trying to keep it trying to keep it under control. Also, there have been a, there's been a slight disgruntlement about the balance of priority one messages to regular civilian hails. So you know, I, I'm trying to balance it out. Trying to be fair. Well, look, that uh, is, but that's, the a, that's a feature of uh, that's the feature of the of the Patreon. That's true. You want to you want to hail us? You want to if you have something that's yeah. so good. You cannot bear to not have us say it out loud. The best way to ensure that is to become a member. If you want to do it just for that month, because, like, hey, I want to be a lieutenant this month because I got something really cool to say about Aquiel, well, then that's the way to pretty much ensure it. Otherwise, uh, emails, email us at uh, Star Trek TNC at gmail.com. <laughs> it's SDTNC pod. Don't email us at the other one. That's not a real email address. <laughs> Um, but, uh, uh, oh, and FYI, we're doing, uh, we're covering four episodes of Lower Decks before the end of the month, yeah. um, just this month, and then we're probably gonna... Broad stroke in it, guys. Said, They're broad strokes. You know, got gonna... Enterprise, uh, Enterprise. we got two episodes of Voyager two now. Episode of, two episodes of Voyager for the President Circle, uh, so, uh... Two we're separate gonna, bonus. We're gonna pods. get through season one pretty quick. I believe season one was a mid-season replace. It was a mid-season replacement show, or mid-season launch show, I guess, because UPN launched. So I think there's only like there's like a half season in the first season, correct? I don't think so. Is that is that? Let me look it up. I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I could be this, wrong. I've been wrong before. I would trust your memory and, and knowledge be, on it. I'll be wrong many, again. I'm sure of it. Uh, no, twenty. Oh no, I'm looking at season seven. Sorry. Oh, 
Andy, how many episodes are in season one? Sixteen. There you so, go. so it's like it's more than I would consider a uh, yeah, but a also the, replacement would have, look, but less really, than a full season. It's really fifteen because they yeah. they try to count that. that and it's a good point. There is only fifteen. Um, okay, um, so all right. What's up, Aquiel heads? Uh, Lieutenant J.J. Carter writes us, uh, the scene with the singing is the most unwatchable thing in TNG. Fight me. Um, and then J.J. also uh, adds, P.S. Oh, uh, J.J. had requested a picture of uh, my cat, Omar, um, on the Patreon. So if that's what you guys are looking for, that's the place to get it. And uh, J.J. says, P.S. Andy, thanks for the picture of Omar. I would love a segment of TNC pet chit chat to find out how your furry friends are doing though i may be the only one you want to you got any bow report you want to throw us oh yeah bow was a classic classic bow today a problem we used to have with him quite a bit was him uh going like sticking his little snout or big snout into the trash and like taking a paper towel that had the hint of food on it and eating the paper towel uh hasn't done it in like two <laughs> years and uh, today I'm out there cleaning, washing, washing the car with the pressure washer, and I turn around and I look, and Bo is uh, halfway through a paper towel. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> he enjoyed his day. Uh, Omar, I think I got as close. I've been, I've been off and on trying to train him to fetch for years, and, uh, and he like. He likes this little rooster. He like he chews on it and like you know, he goes and like he's like he's uh, killing it and then drops it in front of me. And so I'm trying to train him, and he brings it to me, and I throw it. And he did it three times today. That's pretty good. It's pretty good for a cat. Bo is not good at fetch. Bo uh, <laughs> really, he's not good at returning. He will he'll right. fucking chase. He'll do a flip and get a tennis ball, but he will rarely ever return it. Interesting. Usually, just goes to a corner and starts chewing on it. Uh, you got you to associate it, is what they say about cats. I assume the same thing applies to dogs. Yeah. But if you want to play with it, you got to bring it back. Uh, anyway, that, that's, there you pet go. that's pet corner. That's pet corner. Next, uh, cue for you. Will you guys be doing uh, going on Doughboy's Pod again soon? Is the name of this person? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. It's quite a name, um, and uh, I would love to. Uh, it's been it's been a bit. Are they uh, are they, they doughboying in the in the? I, in the I, they must be doughboying. I don't know in, how they're doing. Guess it must be very complicated. I'm I'm sure it's difficult, but reasonable. And uh, I bet. How many episodes do you have? Do I have personally? What are you talking about for doughboys? Oh, I've only been on doughboys once. Oh yeah, good. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't want it to be. If it's like SNL hosts, I don't want you to be beating me. Uh, in the... Look, I'd love, uh, <laughs> I'd love to go back on Mitch and uh, and and Weiger if you if you're out there. And uh, I would too. Hit us up. <laughs> uh, me first, though. You, you know, know funny. Well, I, I whatever did, order is appropriate. I did mine first. But yours aired first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we did a Han Solo themed menu at Denny's and we were going for when the movie was coming out uh, in fairness you have uh, 100,000 Twitter followers so uh, I, I understand why they might be more inclined to have you on again uh, Lieutenant Braden Cadinelli writes uh, uh, off topic no such thing as a fish is a great podcast of four random facts discussed by folks from the British quiz show QI well worth checking out always interesting and informative just like STNC um, I included this because a couple of people had written in because I didn't know what it was ah well there you go uh, Lieutenant Eric Peoples writes uh, poor Jordy finally hooks up and she's into weird contactless, contactless crystal sex <laughs> that's a real 
<laughs> guy's a real bad luck schlep rock. <laughs> I, never, I don't know if that's an original phrase, but it's fantastic. Um, Lieutenant Jorgen Peterson uh, writes us, Livingston, this is, goes back to the Jellicoe sure, uh, yeah. episode. Livingston the Fish, being removed from Picard's ready room has been mentioned a few times on the podcast, but I don't think... Uh, this behind-the-scenes reason has come up. From StarTrek.com, uh, according to Ronnie Cox, the removal of Livingston from the Ready Room had a larger motive. Patrick Stewart uh, hated Livingston's presence in the Ready Room. I think we knew this. And constantly petitioned the pr- producers to remove the fish. Stewart felt it was inappropriate to have a, a captive animal in the series that valued the dignity of different species. Uh, Cox stated the producer's decision to temporarily remove the fish was thus a sort of bone they threw to Patrick. <laughs> so, so it was, but Livingston comes back, right? Yeah. So what? It's just like hey, here you go, Patrick. He won't be in there for that. I don't even know if I buy that story. That's an interesting story, and that seems like that accomplishes nothing. That they remove it temporarily. If they removed it, and then he never comes back, and it's on Jellico, that Jellico somehow was responsible for Livingston's death. I really thought it was going to be accept. about like the sound that it made. Yeah, uh, like the fish tank uh, pump was getting loud, so they took it out for for audio reasons. But it turns out that's not the case. They just did it to uh, annoy their lead actor. I had heard uh, that Patrick Stewart didn't like Livingston before, and I'm glad to hear that the behind the scenes. Cause I thought it was always him being persnickety and like not liking it for the character. So it really gives me even more uh, respect for Patrick Sir Patrick Stewart that he. Uh, that he was he was doing it for the logical reason of like this Starfleet wouldn't have a pet fish sitting there, although. What's know. the distinction with having a pet dog or a pet cat in the future? Well, they're domesticated animals. I see. Although, isn't it? I think by an that, aquarium fish isn't. I by that time probably I don't know, Andy. I'm not there. I don't know. You're not in the future, Matt. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Lieutenant Cam oh, writes Andy, us. Andy, I'm in the future now. It's not. Oh, it's what's, not, what's the deal with not, the fish? It's not as far forward as we thought it would be. I, I'm actually, oh, no. It's only a couple oh, seconds. No. Oh, jeez. Still don't know. Okay, bye. <laughs> um, Lieutenant Cam writes, what the hell kind of entity was this? Uh, this is about the, the jelly creature. Mm-hmm. So it takes the form of whatever attacks. Does it get all the memories? Uh, the one that took the form of Keith clearly was able to masquerade as him well enough and record his logs. But Oh, that's a really good point. It was recording his logs. Yes, and also it was writing a letter to Starfleet Command. It was complaining about Aquiel. Yes. Wow. Those, those, those creatures are real aggro. That's what we know. But why was Keith so angry and irritable? It implied that his personality aboard the station was very different. But why? Is the organism inherently vicious and aggressive? If so, why is the dog just a cuddly puppy? The implications are never explored. But what the hell was it? A being that can become literally anyone? Wait a minute. Gelatinous blob? can become anything it's a changeling so starfleet knew about these things prior to the dominion turning up this is a scandal that needs a thorough investigation well i think by you know at this time of course uh odo is already chief of security on d space nine um i only know so he i know he's a shapeshifter from the little i know about deep space nine yeah, um, yeah he's a but i agree and it it kind of was bothering me subconsciously but i'm glad you brought it up cam because it really was like oh yeah what was it and how much how much sentience did it have and how much was part of the plan and if it that, did have I it then it had much how come it didn't when it was the dog 
I don't think it had much sentience. I think it was just purely about survival, and it happened to assume the traits of whatever it turned into. Well, at some point, it makes a conscious decision to try and absorb Aquia, Be- because or at it, least kill Because her. it can only maintain the form for so long. I see. I see. So it just does that on instinct, yeah. and the rest of the time, it's yeah. just like, I'm just the creature. I'm not even thinking about it. Yeah. Or, or, I don't know. or I'm dead. I would still like. I think. I think it could have been a more interesting episode. Um. Anyway, uh, Lieutenant Stephen Price uh, writes uh, excellent Andy's accent corner on this episode. His Scottish Dracula attempting a Viennese accent was spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Um, Ken Molay. Uh, writes us my take on Jordy's character constantly having trouble related to women is that he is written that way as a cynical and condescending uh, production decision by some suits behind the scenes just as Wesley was introduced as a way to throw kids a character they could relate to Jordy seems to be their idea of uh, quote a science nerd who wouldn't know what to do with a real woman unquote it's interesting and condescending, but fits a common, quote, cool kid stereotype of engineers and male science fiction fans. And somebody probably thought it up in the same production office pursuit of audience engagement. Uh, let's give the pathetic nerds someone they can relate to on the show. Uh, what do you think about that, Matt? I mean, that's pretty aggressive. <laughs> I mean, you're just you're just calling Jordy LaForge pathetic, which I don't think he is. Uh, uh-huh. And also, you're 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 putting a lot on him. Like, if you're unsuccessful with the opposite sex, does that make you pathetic? No, it just it's just one aspect of a personality. I think Jordy's far from pathetic. Yes, his love life is not great, and it's it's not written very well. But you know, he's still one of the most brilliant engineering minds in Starfleet. Yes, and he also is written as a very amiable, caring friend and a likable person. And he However, he is he occasionally grows a beard. So he is written as a somewhat pl- problematic character uh, with women often, and, and or weird or something. He's working through something. He's probably you know he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's blind. He's uh, he's he's he was a pilot. Then all of a sudden, he's a chief engineer. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's confused. Yeah, he's got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Lieutenant Miriam Barbarina, I hope I got that right because that's an awesome name. R- writes us there is a scene before Aquiel shows up. Um, oh, this might go in in prime corrective. I'm not sure. There's a scene before Aquiel shows up where Riker checks on Jordy's progress with the logs. There is a discussion of the dog chewing up Jordy's shoes. I'm pretty sure that is in Aquiel's room. Because I was saying, I think he took off his shoes because I thought the dog chewed up his shoes while he was in Aquil's room. And then you found another scene later where Aquil comments on the shoes that were that were torn up in his room. But she's confirming my opinion that it was that that probably happened while he was in Aquil's room, which means he took off his shoes in there. <laughs> I, I, guys, I don't remember that. You might. I don't know. You probably watched it more carefully than I did, but I don't. I don't. That's wild. I can't believe it. <laughs> you want to revise your opinion on Jordy? <laughs> yeah, he's the coolest. <laughs> he likes That's to a be cool, a cool dude. He likes to be comfortable. Keeps his, he, he likes keeps to be comfortable. Feet breathing. I mean, the best uh, cold case detectives in the world are always taking their shoes off at the crime scene. <laughs> Uh, Lieutenant Tom Casey 
uh, sent in an old review he had of this episode on on IMDb, and the title was "The One Where Jordy Facebook Stalks a Girl and Ends Up Battling Quote The Thing." <laughs> that is true. A lot of people wrote in saying, "This is the thing," um, except that they could have done more with it. It's a shame. Um, Lieutenant Joe Moore writes, uh, so writes at Fred were an anti-mask protest in London the other day. I guess this explains why they can do the cameo vids That's together. so funny and so <laughs> true. That's and so then Neil funny. Stead, who I believe sent it in, said maybe they're too sexy for their masks. Oh. Um, <laughs> I like it. Um, and that is it for uh, the president circle. All right, let's I'm head out into the hallway. Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. All right. What is what is the general... What is Gen Pop saying about uh, this episode, Andy? <laughs> well, uh, Nicholas Stacy wrote in, and this is in regards to a prior thing, but a lot of people had, had sent in this issue and he had gone to the trouble of actually editing um audio proof altogether so uh it's entitled treat yourself a fistful of datas and it says hiya andy and matt i hope you are you enjoy listening to this file uh you are vindicated i wanted to edit in a triumphant secunda at the end but uh didn't find one you've earned one in any case cheers nick Okie dokie, here we go. This is a result of the experimental interface. I'm afraid so, but we've initiated it. <laughs> this is still not connected to here's the other the plot. Thing. And here's the weird As thing. you say, there's no stakes here at all. None whatsoever. Uh, Patrick Stewart was just like, I don't want to cover you standing in them. You better get down there somehow. <laughs> get down somehow. I don't care how you do it, Jonathan. Just get down. <laughs> You're too tall. I can't, I can't frame it this way. You got it, partner. <laughs> this is kneels down. He's kneeling in the scene. It's so. wild. But we've initiated yeah. a progressive... Kind of the balance. When but... Patrick directed our series, he said to me, Jonathan... You said... No. no. He was... Is there any way that you could motivate kneeling... If you could kneel down, see there's that big open space over there, it would be great for me if... if while you're saying the line, if you can... Just, I said, uh, sure, I, I'll, I'll, I'll try it for you, Patrick. Whatever you like. Get the shot right. I couldn't get Jonathan, the shot would you kneel? Could you kneel? I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? He did. He did it. He knelt on the floor of the ship. On the deck of the ship. Because that's where the camera was. Oh, man. How did you motivate? I, I did it for him because he did stuff for but me. I know, but... but what could you possibly be thinking? I was thinking, your character, the captain of the ship. I was thinking what a wonderful Neil. actor he is. <laughs> and knelt before him. Someday he may be a sir. My liege. Oh, my liege. Disengage. That's from uh, that's from the captains. That that uh, yeah. special that they did. Uh, what is the vindic? I'm sorry. What's the vindication? Uh, they cut. He cut together us saying it that that's what happened and then it it had uh, um, um, Frakes telling the story that said that's exactly what happened but aren't we both vindicated <laughs> oh I don't know if it's me versus you I think he's saying we're both vindicated I think it's almost by the way <laughs> that's the the scenario is exactly it's so funny that's exactly what happened 
I know. Guys, That's why he's saying we're, we're pretty good at television. Thank you. Yeah. That's right. Um, I will say, at the very end, it sounds like Shatner is saying that he thinks... That Riker's thinks, the captain, yes. <laughs> thousand percent. I mean, look, it's a pretty safe bet to say captain on that, because everybody there is supposed to be a captain. I, I Jonathan, that's true. Jonathan, I think, was there just because he's the most genial of the bunch. Right. Um, <laughs> he's the one who's going to be the best in that conversation. Yeah, and... Um, that's fun. I haven't seen that in years. Me neither. Should we cover it? No. <laughs> uh, all right. Our next hail is from Jason Burris, who writes, uh, I think it says Aquila, but I think he means Aquiel, unless it's a joke. Um, how did nobody mention the John Car- oh, Here we go. The John Carpenter film, The Thing, shape-shifting alien that eats people and replaces them with identical copies. Disguised as a dog, it's a shame the whole thing was basically resolved without any attention, uh, attention as soon as they realized what, what they were dealing with. It would have been a much cooler episode if they made the discovery earlier and left you in more suspense about whether or not Aquiel or the Klingon uh, who were who they and what they said they were. Um, the way they talk about a coalescent creature, it sounds more like some kind of fungus just acting out instincts rather than something that's sentient enough to be capable of convincingly that's, performing duties that's as what Starfleet. I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, it seems like a missed opportunity. Uh, uh, there are very tr- few Trek episodes that cross into the horror genre. It could have been cool instead of just another episode that makes Geordi seem like some kind of creepy incel falling in love with some girl on a YouTube channel. <laughs> I guess that's uh, a different type of He loves vlogs. <laughs> I guess that's it. Uh, what are you going to hack and hold it against him? Um, I, I would go further. Uh, that's from Jason Burris. Uh, I would go further. I would say, imagine if they discover that it's a shape-shifting alien taking the place of people, and then it could be anyone in the crew. They don't know who it's taken over. That, that must have been done in other episodes. Um... You'll see that like you'll, you'll see that in in. Um, Is there not an episode where DS Nine oh, the, the changelings that, ha- that that kind of thing that kind of plot can that happens? Uh, no, I look forward to it. Uh, Thomas Gill writes Enterprise trailer. Just a note to you guys: the song from the trailer Matt is obsessed with. Is by uh, is by the calling. It was actually used as teaser music for Enterprise during the summer of two thousand one. There are many who felt that that song would have been better for the titles than what they used. I do not agree with that. And it seems like the titles were cut to it originally. UPN would use it from time to time for trailers and other promotional materials for Enterprise up until season three. So that song is used even more? Apparently. (laughs) You can look forward to that. That's wild. Uh, David... Lieutenant, no, sorry, not Lieutenant. Sorry, sorry, I took away your rank, David. We're not in the uh, president's circle anymore. David Sidhu uh, writes us, uh, different bonds on a ship. Uh, hi, guys, I adore this pod. It's like slipping into an oil bath uh, as a protocol droid. Oops, wrong universe. I mean, it's like taking a warm sonic shower. Really, it's become a huge source of comfort and joy for me. Thank you, David. Uh, my question is, if the different versions of Bond, uh, e.g. the Connery Bond, the Lazenby Bond, etc., were to crew a starship, who would you assign to which role? Who is the captain, the first officer, the head of security, etc.? Thanks for everything, Dave. 
That's an interesting question. Thank you. I feel like Connery's the captain. Says David. He's got to be the captain. All right. I'm on board with this so far. Uh, and I feel like the first officer... I feel like Roger Moore would be the, the, Daniel, the doctor. Daniel Craig's the first officer, I think. You know, he that goes makes down sense. to the planet. He's sort of the brute force of it all. I, I feel th- like Roger Moore is like the comedic one, so he'd be the bones. Yeah, but I think Roger Moore is probably more... Oh, he's overruling me. I think Lazenby's okay. the chief of security because he's just a blunt instrument. Uh, Pierce Brosnan's flying the ship because he drove the most <laughs> of everybody. <laughs> and uh, I think Roger Moore, yeah, he's the guy, he's the doctor and the ship's counselor all rolled into one. Huh. What about David Niven? <laughs> uh, I think David Niven is, is replaces Roger Moore for season two, and then Roger Moore returns for the final four seasons, five seasons. <laughs> I see. He's our Pulaski. Uh, Matt, that's uh, it for the hails if you'd like to send a hail send it to sttncpod at gmail.com uh, you can find Matt at Matt Myra uh, for his Twitter and Instagram I'm at Andrew Secunda on Instagram at Secunda on Twitter uh, if you want to send us a voice hail send it to 816 Trek TNC alright that is it <laughs> That means it's time to talk about Face of the Enemy. We crossed the many doors, the many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. Sit comfortably in your little Borg node. Let's talk about this week's episode. All right, everybody. This episode aired February, the week of February 8th, 1993. Andy, what was happening? Matt, number one song in the U.S. remained I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. And I- that's weirdly good timing. <laughs> it's perfect. Was that not intentional? No. That's amazing. Uh, number one song in the UK remained also, I Will Always Love You. Number one movie, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. Uh, <laughs> I'm not mistaken. Emilio that's Estevez, Sherilyn right? Finn in it. <laughs> um, sorry? Is Emilio Estevez in that? Oh, maybe I'm thinking of something As else. As the Mel Gibson. Oh, I don't know if I saw that one. I think I'm thinking of a different one that was directed by a different parody that was directed by Carl Reiner. Yeah, Samuel Jackson and Emilio Estevez. Oh, um, so then Sherilyn Fenn was not in that. She was in the Carl Reiner one. Number one book was The Bridges of Madison County by Robert James Waller, the number one TV show that week. The special Michael Jackson Talks to Oprah. Didn't dig quite enough, Oprah. Uh, deaths that week. Hollywood producer Joseph L. Mankiewicz. Events. General Motors sues NBC over faked explosions on a Dateline NBC segment uh, about SUV crashes. And that is it. Uh, National Lampoon, Loaded Weapon 1, produced by uh, Suzanne Todd, who I play poker with sometimes. That's very funny to me. Oh, Nice. Uh, all right. That does that, and then of course, everybody, it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Frank Sinatra, come on! Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on! Fly me, Andy. What was the chairman of the board up to in February of 1993? Well, Matt. 
Frank is still taking an off month with no press clippings or concerts scheduled. He may have been in uh, deep in discussions with his manager, music producer Phil Ramone, and Capitol Records executive producer Don Rubin about an idea they had to record a new collection of duets. We'll explore the project in more detail next week. <laughs> Ken, Ken Malay is covering his ass. I honestly, I'm excited because that is a delightful um, segment teaser. Yeah, it's funny. He's, he's, the Frank section is now teasing the next segment. Please be true. All right, Frank. A pleasure as always to hear those dulcet tones. I love you. All right. So, Andy, uh, this episode was written. Whoops. By. Whoops. Wrong episode. There we go. Uh, this is directed by Gabriel Beaumont and teleplay by Naren Shankar with a story by Renee Ashavaria. And Dr. Trek describes it as follows Kidnapped from a conference, Troy awakens to find herself aboard the Romulan Warbird. Kazara, disguised as a Tal Shiar special intelligence officer and smack in the middle of a plot by the Empire's underground to smuggle out three high-level defectors to the United Federation of Planets uh, via a neutral Corvalin freighter. At first, the dazed Major Rakal is dependent upon Subcommander Nevek, her contact, as the usually soft-spoken counselor uses all her wiles in dealing with the ship's bitter and suspicious commander Toreth, whose father was a midnight victim of the Tal Shiar. After Nevek destroys the Corvellians when Troy senses they are traitors, Toreth fur- furious, is furious when Rakal quote-unquote orders the warbird to cloak and wait, buying time for the backup plan. Meanwhile, the Enterprise has picked up a rare Romulan defector whose message from Spock and the Underground leads them to a wrecked Corvellian ship and the cloaked Kazara, aided by a subtle signal from the Warbird's sympathetic engineer. The stoic Tereth braces for battle or a collision until Troy, having bolstered the wavering Nevek, surreptitiously beams over the defectors. Uh, Nevek is killed when Tereth senses the plan and retakes her bridge, but a relieved Troy is beamed home just in time. There you go. Uh... I mean, cold open-wise, not a ton to discuss. It's it's Troy waking up and looking in a mirror. <laughs> it's a great teaser. I though. know. It's a great cold open. Only would have been better if she said, oh, boy. <laughs> that would have been great. All right. uh, but that's great. What a hook. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I forgot a lot about this plot. They also do it. They, they handle it in a smart way because, frankly seeing her i don't know that it was, especially with my face blindness i don't know that i would have like registered immediately what was that it, oh that's troy so but they you hear her first so you know it's troy and then hmm. she turns on the lights your face blindness wonder, your face blindness is that bad huh i think so it's weird that you well how come you then sometimes know people from something big well i wanted to explain this about this because i didn't really have anything for the people this this time from something big. Uh-huh. And the way that it works for me is 
I guess I would argue. I guess I guess the argument is I don't have total face blindness, which is something people say. Like I know who Matt is. I know who people are at work. But it's like if I haven't seen you in a while and you got something different going on, you've gained or lost weight, you got facial hair, whatever it is, there's a chance I won't register it. I have a lot of trouble. And also with new people, I have a lot of trouble. So um, so with the, with the something big thing, it's like I've probably – that's why I call it something big. I've seen them in something maybe a lot or something very formative for me. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's big. <laughs> um, and that's why it's really stuck in my head. So a lot of these people, like Carolyn Seymour, uh, who plays uh, the commander, the Romulan commander, I've seen her in a million things. She's also been in a lot of like video games and, and, and like Star Wars games that I know I've played. Uh, but it didn't register in my head. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't formative enough that it locked in. Interesting. Is it? It was certainly long. I bet you know I her you. as the choreographer in Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> Red Shoe Diaries wasn't my softcore porn of choice. <laughs> um, but she's in. She is. She is in the TNG episode First Contact. Right. I've seen you remember, her. In something big in that. You remember yes. her? She's the. She's the like level-headed one of the bunch of the of the aliens. Oh, yeah. There you go. She's, like, advising the president and, like, not the engineer, if I remember. I know she was in Contagion, too, that episode I saw. But I I didn't even, like, even looking at the plot, I was like, wait, which one is that? (laughs) Mm. Well, anyway, let's let's hop in here. Please, counselor, there is little time. The commander will be calling for you at any moment. Where am I? You are aboard the Imperial Romulan warbird Kazara. I am Subcommander Nevek. Warbird? I was at the uh, neuropsychology seminar at Bukhara 6. Last thing I remember was returning to my quarters. I was attacked. I felt a hypo spray. It was necessary. I could not be certain you would come voluntarily. Oh, God. My head's still spinning. There are drugs in your system, but they've nearly dissipated. The disorientation will soon pass. Why have you brought me here? Uh, Listen to me carefully. What I really like about the episode is that the Enterprise has no clue what's going on. Yeah. Uh, so they think she's just at this at this uh, convention or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah. It's the neuroscience convention. Right. It's a conference. conference. But we'll call it a convention. She's at this. She's at this con. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what does this tell you? I think that anybody from the Enterprise who is thinking about going to a conference near Romulan space should not go. <laughs> it's true. They've done it a couple of times. You'll either be. Man- They're very well informed about when they're going to. Maybe they set up the conferences themselves. <laughs> you'll either be Manchurian candidated, or you'll you'll just be quantum leaped. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. You are no longer Deanna Troy. You are Major Rakal of the Tal Shiar, the Imperial Intelligence. Commander Toreth will... Am I a prisoner? There is no time to explain everything. You must listen. Commander Toreth will want to know your mission. Tell her nothing. Simply instruct her to proceed to the Caleb Sector, heading 102 Mark IV. The Caleb Sector? Repeat it. Heading 102 Mark IV. <sighs> heading 102 Mark IV. And she'll take orders from me? 
You are an officer of the Tal Shiar. She will obey you, but do not push her too far. Subcommander Navek, we are approaching the loading point. Bring our guest to the bridge. Yes, Commander. Immediately. Please, we must hurry. I'm not going anywhere until you tell me what's going on. You are a Starfleet officer disguised as a Romulan. Unless you trust me and do exactly as I have said, Toreth will discover you and you will be killed. How do I know I won't be killed anyway? Your only chance to get off this ship alive is to do as I say. You are an empath. You would know if I am lying, am I? Um, yeah, yeah, I would definitely know that. Um, you, um, <laughs> you're, yes, no, you're not lying. You're not, you're, you're telling the truth, you're definitely right? telling the truth. I can now, I can now read Romulans perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I really like this episode. The the one aspect that I kind of, I guess they they kind of imply it in that scene, but I wish they had sort of underlined it, is why Troy, and I think the reason is probably implied that it's because she's an empath and because of her abilities will be useful in this situation, but, or is it just that they wanted someone from the Federation because they knew they would be going along with Spock's plan? It makes more sense if it's, her empath abilities because then an empath would be the only one who you could kidnap without telling them anything and then they would know that this person's intentions are good but he the way he frames it is just like you would know i'm lying about you dying which is not something that would be motivating to her like a little bit motivating but not to not to put you know the starfleet or anyone in in the federation in danger and so she doesn't know what he's doing you know what i mean I do. Uh, it feels like they need. I don't know. I, it makes sense that they would need someone off the Enterprise um, because of the other part of the plan that's happening. But isn't the other part of the plan not involve the Enterprise in the way he's originally thought of it? No, it does because the Enterprise is supposed to go meet the cargo ship and take the Romulan defectors aboard. Oh, I see. And Spock is sending that other Romulan defector guy to the Enterprise specifically. With the message of cowboy diplomacy. Right, right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. But why does it have to be Troy from the Enterprise? Couldn't it be anyone from the Federation? Well, I think it could be, but she was at that conference. (laughs) (laughs) I see. see. Yeah, so it's just. (laughs) Why else would it be? (laughs) Notify me when the transfer is complete. Yes, sir. By the way, it's also an, a show of incredible growth of this series. If you think back on the people that are the, the guest stars and how frickin' hit or miss they've been in those first few seasons, like, Carolyn Seymour is great, the other guy's great, it's just, like, really solid all around, Just and, and they're sizable parts, they more than the people on the Enterprise. Yeah, uh... But it's interesting. I like, you know, what do you think about this whole... I was curious as to what your thoughts would be on this whole sort of peek behind the curtain of the Romulans. Uh, 
Uh, do you mean did I enjoy it? Is that your question? No, I'm like curious about what you're. You, I'm surprised you don't have like grand thoughts and annoyances. And I mean, maybe we just haven't gotten to those points yet. But this well, this picture of the these Romulans, are incongruities. Yes, this yeah. picture of the Romulans that's being painted here uh-huh. tracks with everything previous. Correct. Oh, and you're saying in terms of what happens later? Yeah. But in many ways, the idea, you know, it's funny, the, the, the very wise words by, uh, by sub, Subcommander, what's her name? That's her name, Subcommander, what's her name? God, what well, is her name? I'm going to pull it right now because I'm going to read it. Uh, Subcommander, no, Commander Toreth, yes. Commander Toreth. You know, when she says, like, the Tal Shiar will be the end of us. Like, literally. Uh-huh. It's the Tal Shiar's. People like the Tal Shiar. It's their fault that they didn't. Oh, yeah. Get good off, point. Get off fucking Romulus when that shit went down. Yeah. I thought that was astute. Commander, may I present Major Rakal of the Tal Shiar? This is Commander Toreth. Attend to your station. I don't think the Tel Shiar. Are you here without your guard? Yes. Would have a. I feel like the later updated, kind of ridiculous but awesome, uh, black leather outfits are more appropriate for the Tel Shiar <laughs> than this weird gray curtain uh, material. They're obviously they're obviously blankets. Uh, uh, they're the they're the they're the blankets that you don't sleep under at motels. <laughs> Right. Yes. The, 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 ones, the comforters. The ones you on pull top. off. Yes. Right. The that have all the germs on you're them. You're like, no, thank you. <laughs> the the, the Talshiar are the coziest Romulan, Romulan, Romulans there are. There's so many different patterns and quiltings in this episode. <laughs> like, look at these. Look at the patterns. Like, and I can't. There's no the Romulans from this period have the ugliest uniforms. I think, hands down. I think. Uh, you're not wrong. I'm under that, orders. That's good. You don't act like a member of the Tal Shiar. How long have you been with intelligence? Several months. Ah. Commander, cargo is on board and secure. Tell me, is there a reason why the commander of the ship is kept ignorant of its cargo? I don't know what you mean. I have been ordered to take on cargo, but its contents are unknown to me. Does that seem wise? It's I... an interesting choice that they all have the same exact haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that changes in the future, doesn't it? Yeah. Perry. I'm sure that everybody... Somebody finally was just like, hey, what are we doing, guys? <laughs> person on the bridge of the ship could offer testimony about personal experiences with the Tal Shiar. But I doubt that many could recall those encounters as tender and caring. So I must ask you to forgive me, Major, if I hesitate to accept your assurances that that cargo presents no danger to my crew. I intend to open those containers. That cargo is the property of the Tal Shiar. You will not touch it. On whose authority? Mine. And if you do not wish to undergo another personal experience with the Tal Shiar, I suggest you not question me again. Now, if you do, I'll get the even more secret version of us. 
<laughs> Whoops. Wasn't supposed to say that. Uh, we gotta go. Six five one nine point one. We have arrived at. Re- yes. This is also. I, I don't a, know how much a, it's an important moment in TNG history, Andy. I don't know how much I'm gonna this have to say about this episode. Is it? I'm letting you know right now. Oh. Do you know what is important about this episode in particular? Does it have something to do with DS9? No. Um, is it something to do with Picard? No. Is it something to do with Lower Decks? No, it is the, de- <laughs> it is the debut of something oh. that remains for the rest of TNG's lifetime, meaning through the movies. Ooh. So I'll keep playing yeah. it, and when you figure it out, let me know. Research okay. station. 75 to take on a rather unique passenger, one whose homecoming will undoubtedly be difficult. The man oh, this acted dishonorably. He's a Svev. Svev became part of the crew, right? <laughs> yes, yes, he stayed on board as uh, as as Picard's page boy. <laughs> this this mopey faced guy. Traitor. He risked his life to get here, spent two weeks alone in a scout ship. That does not excuse his original actions. Well, maybe he finally realized he made a mistake. It's 20 years too late. Energize. Ensign to Sev. By order of Starfleet Command, I am placing you under arrest for treason. I uh, understand. After Dr. Crusher declares you medically fit, you will be confined to your quarters until a court-martial can be convened. I wonder if the Romulans took his neck. I don't want to see you in that uniform. Yes, sir. Commander, I must speak with Captain Picard. (laughs) I would have been like, find some civilian clothes. Also, head to Mott. He's a busy man. (laughs) You should do something with that. Urgent. He looks like a turtle. I'll tell him. Uh... So Andy, it was in that scene. It was. Yes. Well, maybe I was too busy making jokes. Um. Is is O'Brien gone? Is that the reason? No, O'Brien uh, has another. I think he has another appearance in TNG. Uh, honestly, if it was something visual, um, I was having trouble pr- trouble at my end. So okay, well, Andy, it's the debut of Worf's ponytail. Oh, and he maintains that ponytail for the rest of Worf's appearances on DS Nine and back in the TNG movies. There you go. It it really does feel necessary. I mean, you it definitely it seems more necessary in the early years of Star Trek when they hadn't padded him as much because it, his head just looked giant. <laughs> but uh, it really does seem to balance balance him at balance out his his whole swagger somehow. <laughs> It's Captain. A lot of problems. Sorry, sir. You said it was important that I see you. Yes, Captain. I have a message from Ambassador Spock. He said it involves further cowboy diplomacy. He said you would understand. There's a Covellan freighter arriving in the Caleb sector in the next 12 hours. Spock wants you to rendezvous with that ship, bring its cargo back to Federation space. What kind of cargo? Cut, cut. Uh, can you say rendezvous like you're not confused by the meaning of it? <laughs> 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 uh, 
just give it one more take. <laughs> he said it involves further cowboy diplomacy. He said you would understand. There's a Covellan freighter arriving in the Caleb sector in the next 12 hours. Spock wants you to rendezvous with that ship. <laughs> it's a weird it's a weird it's a weird line reading. All right, it's, it's not universally good guest stars, but uh... uh no, he's not bad. I mean, it's just like I wonder Andy find the script and find out if that had a question mark in it. All right. space. What kind of cargo? He said it was important to the future of the Romulans and the Federation. You returned in order to give me this message. Partly. In order to know whether Ambassador Spock's message is being delivered accurately, I need to understand something about the messenger. I was ready to come back. Romulus had lost its appeal. Uh, I did find this discussion very interesting regarding Romulan culture. Yeah. It's a very different POV than we often hear. Um, a sense of purpose there. Passion and commitment to be very compelling. Not anymore. As I've grown older, I realize that clarity of purpose is a more ambiguous matter than I had thought in my youth. Um, yes. Uh, not only is there no question mark, it's in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> Spock wants you to rendezvous with that ship and take its cargo back to Federation space. It's <laughs> a purely creative choice and or he didn't understand what the word rendezvous meant. <laughs> he probably just kept saying rendezvous and then finally someone told him how to pronounce it and then he, that's what he was questioning. Yeah, he was looking. He was looking off camera at the director when he said, "Like, wants you to rendezvous." We're sure about that. <laughs> I mean, that's how you're gonna say it. That's how you're gonna say it. I guess I'll say it like that. But that's not how you say it. Or death. I think it's time you told me what this is all about. That is why I called you here. These are the cargo containers we brought on board earlier. What's in it? He's alive, in stasis. Who is it? Vice Proconsul Moret of the Imperial Senate and his two top aides. Moret? He's one of the highest ranking members of the Romulan government. His defection will be a profound blow to Romulus. Why is he doing this? Moret had questioned the repressive activities of the government and was in danger of being imprisoned. He is willing to take this risk in order to protest Romulan policy and support the dissident movement. You're part of Ambassador Spock's underground movement? Yes. If we are able to deliver Moret safely, Spock is hopeful that we can establish an escape route for thousands of dissidents who live in fear of their lives. Now you realize why we are willing to go to such extraordinary lengths, even kidnapping you, to make sure we succeed. So their plan is uh, get the get these three out, and then that it comes becomes an escape route. 
Yeah, it's very vague. So that just means that every time they need to do this, they'll have to have someone pretend to be a Tal Shiar member? I mean, well, I, I felt like, uh, at least the way I read it is, getting them out, they will have information or some way of building ah. a, a path to get people out or change the system somehow. This uh, this I hear. This I, this I understand. The words that, that they used, I did not understand. Yeah. Ships decloaked. They took us completely by surprise. The Klingons managed to destroy half my squadron before we even opened fire. But when we did, ha, they were no match for us. I destroyed their flagship myself. I received the Sotaric citation for my actions that day. The intelligence officer in charge of that mission was executed. That's a nice, <laughs> nice touch. What a what a weird story for um, her to be sharing with the cap with everybody. Like this feels like to me the nine hundredth time she's told this story at dinner. <laughs> oh Jesus! Here we go again with this. <laughs> you were you yes yes you destroyed the flagship yourself. We know mm-hmm. yes, yes the intelligence officer. Yeah. Yes, he was killed. I get it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Welcome to our table. Commander. I suggest you try the Venerine. It's quite good. I realize that it's nothing compared to what you're accustomed to on Romulus. But you could at least try the Venerine. I've smelled better Venerine on prison ships. Oh, shit! That was a nice. I liked it. I liked it. I like the touch where she's trying to guess which food's the venerine and gets it wrong. It's so great, and she covers for yeah. it. Yeah, and she's very lucky. Yeah, I guess it's just evidence of that the fact that the commander has is like it's not even on her radar that she's fake. By the way, why isn't it on her radar that she's fake? It seems very easy to have replaced another Tal Shiar with her based on how powerful the Tal Shiar is supposed to be. Yeah, but I think that's sort of the problem with the Tal Shiar, right? They're so secret They're that no one so knows. So secret that yeah. it's like, yeah. hey, uh, maybe, maybe if uh, if I, you know, call this person out for possibly being fake, I'll I'll be executed along with the rest of my family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My assumption is that the commander has no. She's not asking her these questions to prove that she's not who she says she is. It sort of seems like she is, but she's not. Yeah, this one is this one is just to go. Well, you, well, you guys killed him, right? I thought, and I thought it would have been an interesting turn. I love this episode. I think it's so really well written and well plotted, and such a great concept, and such a great use of Troy in the way that Troy should be used always. Um, just she's such a badass in this episode, in such a smart way, in such a great use of her powers. Um, that being said, uh, I feel like they set up this kind of conflict that the commander is in some ways politically pretty close to where they are. And I thought there might be a turn at the end where all hope looks lost. And then Diana uses her powers to kind of ascertain this commander is going to be on our side. Um, and we should, you know, we should trust her. That's interesting. She seems so dyed in the wool Romulan military, though. She 
is, but she definitely, it seems like she believes that there should be changes made. Hmm. 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 Interesting plot turn, Andy. Uh, okay. Commander. I hope so. We ensure the loyalty of the people. Do you believe the Empire would be better off without our protection? Protection? From what? How was the Empire threatened? By the words of an old man. A devoted citizen who merely tried to speak his mind. How did the Tal Shiar protect the Empire? By dragging him, my father, out of his home in the middle of the night. Clearly, your father was a traitor. No. He was just an idealistic old man. I never saw him again. I don't need your devotion, Commander. Just your obedience. And that's all you have. Commander, sort of, sensors are picking up an... Sort of fascinating... Because one of the things I was going to say, the one of the only things that's sort of uh, lacking in this episode, um, uh, not to the detriment of my enjoying it, but uh, just that it's interesting that it's sort of not there, and I'm curious if you disagree, is there's really no sci-fi meta- thematic metaphor in this episode. It's just a great plot. It's just a great story, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's well. I mean, there is like the larger sort of moral implications of the Romulan Empire, you know, in the in the in the underground revolution. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is in this scene is really the only time they touch on the themes, and it's interesting that our character <laughs> Troy. It's, it's now it's usually someone from the Enterprise that's arguing for you know. Uh, for 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 the, on the moral side, it's the, actually the Romulan commander that's arguing on the moral side. That being said, and I so I agree with you on that. That's that's the only place that it exists, but it's really not woven into the story. Like that's the point, right? And also, I mean, it's 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 a good new not well. It's a good color on the Romulans. That there's internal dissent. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you know, it makes them much more complex. It's interesting too. Like all the all we've really had with the Romulans is that you know, sure. They well, were, we had the def- we had the defector episode. Yeah, and um, and the uh, unification one and two. Sure. Um, You're saying all we've had is is internal dissent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. You're right. Um. These people cannot get their act together. That's probably why they haven't taken over the universe and, yet. And even the uh, and even in the episode where Jordy gets brainwashed, yeah, it's like it's a it's like a sub it's like a it's a sub faction. You know that's true. And isn't Jordy isn't Glorndin the Glorndin core episode? Isn't it like he's kind of at odds with the guy the whole time? Yeah. But he's sort of comes around on him yeah they both you know they they realize what they have in common versus i would i would venture to say the state of the romulan empire is not dissimilar from our our uh our american 
Well, then political situation. I, uh, I really hope we figure it out before we go Nova. Yeah, seriously. It feels like that's on the horizon. <laughs> yep. Visual. Commander, we are glad to see you. We are prepared to transfer your cargo as agreed. And with whom do you have this agreement? Our arrangements were made with Major Bacal. You may rest assured your cargo will be taken safely to its destination. We will transmit coordinates for you to beam it aboard. He's lying. Well. You may proceed. They have no intention of keeping their word. Are you certain? Yes. Sometimes I can read people's emotions on other ships, and sometimes I can't. It just depends. <laughs> <laughs> on what? The, the, the distance? The conditions of their shields? No, the plot. <laughs> the joking aside, that's awesome! That's exactly what you should be doing! That's so great! And I love that he fucking instantly destroys them, and I love that she's like, what the, what are you doing? <laughs> she had no idea. Ixnay on the blow-up, A. Eh? Fire. <laughs> Side note, I wonder what was going on with that other ship. Were they just trying to, were they just going to turn around and sell them to the highest bidder? What were they going to do? We'll never know, because they're dead. The Romulans clearly didn't know about this plot, otherwise she would have been... She would have been killed immediately. What do you mean? Well, I guess I'm saying he. She says he's lying. Yeah. Uh, so he's not. He's not um, like lying in the sense that he's the that the Romulans are on to her. Is what I'm saying. Like the, he's the Romulans didn't tell him. You know. Oh, she's fake. Don't listen to her or whatever. Yeah, it just seems like some sort of uh, you know S- some, some selfish motivation, some some, some backdoor profit situation. I'm glad it wasn't Ferengi. Uh. On this ship, I give the command to fire, Major. You have no right. To this come- gives me the right. Even you eventually will have to. That's a brooch. Oh, I thought it was rake insignia. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Answer to someone. You will be held accountable. I have been given broad discretionary powers. Subcommander Novek acted under my authority, the authority of the Tal Shiar. I assure you, this action will not be questioned. I will nonetheless make an entry in my log that I am not responsible for those 18 lives and that I deplore their loss. Do whatever you feel is necessary. In the meantime, we must protect ourselves. Engage the cloaking device. And what are my orders now, Major? Hold position and wait. So good. It's very unclear what the different patterns on the on the uniforms mean. Are they divisions? Are they... I don't know. I'm sure someone figured it out. Meanwhile, on the Enterprise... How far in is this? This is at the 21-minute mark. Pretty impressive. Lots happening. There is no sign of the freighter, sir. 
We are the only ship in the area. Ensign, verify our position. We are holding at the coordinates specified by Ensign DeSeva, sir. Anything on long-range sensors? Sensors indicate no other ships within three light years. Could this have been a hoax? It's one possibility. Mr. Wall, bring Ensign DeSeva to my ready room. Aye, sir. <laughs> we got you! <laughs> okay, so we'll turn around? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what a hoax. <laughs> I put on something less comfortable, sir. Ensign DeSeva, you promised me a freighter with an important cargo. The only thing here is empty space. Do you have an explanation? I don't understand. Captain. Rendezvous. Rendezvous? I was told that the ship would be at these coordinates. You said that the message came directly from Ambassador Spock. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you well, think that maybe he didn't choose exactly. to defect back from the Romulans. Maybe the Romulans were like, you can take this guy back. <laughs> Please take him. <laughs> Spock was annoyed by him. Spock was yeah. like, this guy. Oh, I'm my God. I'm just going to send this guy back. Uh, I have a very important mission for you. <laughs> <laughs> And what does that mean? Someone else relayed the message to me, but he said Spock spoke directly to him. I trust the man who spoke to me. He would not have lied. Ah, was he a Romulan? Yes. He's a member of the underground, a dissident. He risks his life to work with those who want a different future for Romulus. Captain, I he cut my hair just like trap. him. No, that is not so. Would be risky to set a trap here. So close to Federation space. Wharf. The fact remains. <laughs> it would be risky to do the thing you said, Wharf. <laughs> Here we are. There is no freighter. Did your contact tell you anything else that might be helpful? The freighter is an old Antares class vessel with limited speed and range. Couldn't have taken on its cargo more than a day ago, which means it must be within 15 light years of here. Why didn't you mention this earlier? It didn't seem necessary. And on Romulus, you learn not to volunteer information. It's a hard habit to break. Well, maybe now would be a good time to start. Follow me, gentlemen. When can I shoot him, sir? <laughs> uh, I like, I like. I like Troy just sort of flipping out at him. Plan? What about the people on that freighter? Why did you fire? There was no alternative. You told me they couldn't be trusted. If I let them live, the whole mission would be in jeopardy. Eighteen people lost their lives. Don't lecture me, counselor. A number of people have died in order to carry out this mission. Believe me, those eighteen won't be the last. I'm sorry, but I can't dismiss those lives so easily. Fine. I gotta say, all you want. Given the uh, given the secrecy of their conversations, Troy does a tremendous amount of shouting in these secret conversations. You know, I feel like on a Romulan ship, every room is soundproof. Yeah, I guess that's true because they're so secretive. <laughs> right. Hey, that was the only explanation. The... That was the only explanation I have. Is like, don't they listen in on every conversation? But maybe because they're so <laughs> secretive, they like do sweeps for bugs, like literally every every yeah. hour. Way of our plan. You don't have a plan anymore. 
remember I told you if anything went wrong, we would need a Starfleet officer. There is a Starfleet base on Draken Four. It is two days away at maximum warp. That's where we're going. In a Romulan ship? Yes. It's your job to order Tereth to proceed into Federation territory. We'll never get through the gravitic sensor nets. We will. If you provide the correct access codes. Do you really think this has a chance of succeeding? If you have another idea, I'll be happy to consider it. Do you know the access codes to the gravitic <laughs> sensor net, by the way, Troy? And also, have they changed them since you knew them? <laughs> Feels like they might. That's the kind of thing that might be rotating pretty frequently. <laughs> oh, you can't be serious. Draken 4 was the freighter's destination. I ordered the freighter destroyed because I recognized the captain, a known Federation spy. Now we must deliver the cargo ourselves. We must... I do not intend to explain myself to you. You will set a course. In order to reach Draken, we will have to travel through Federation space for nearly 20 hours. That is not a problem. Contrary to the propaganda that your superiors would have us believe, Starfleet is neither weak nor foolish. And the chances of us reaching Draken undetected are not good. We will be cloaked. <laughs> the cloaking device does not always make us invulnerable. And you would know that if you had spent any time at all in the field. The Federation has littered its borders with subspace listening posts, with graphitic sensors. They may even have a tachyon detection grid in operation, in which case they will know that we're there. If we are discovered in Federation territory, it will be interpreted as an act of war. The Tal Shiar has obtained access codes to the sensor nets. I will provide them if necessary. That will be no guarantee that we will escape undetected. Your cowardice does not befit a Romulan soldier. People blame the military for the wars that we are asked to but I think it is your kind, Major, that will be the death of us all. It will! I swear! It will! <laughs> Definitely! It's gonna be you and Eric Bana. <laughs> the Federation has come in search of its spies. Status. They are scanning the debris of the freighter. Shield levels normal. Weapon systems not active. They are not prepared for battle, sir. Well, they weren't expecting to find us here, and I see no reason to alter that perception. The radiation from the debris field could make our cloak detectable if we engage warp engines. Proceed at maneuvering speed. One moment, Commander. We should hold our position until the Enterprise has left the area. We cannot risk detection. Even if we are detected, they cannot track us once we go to warp. We have not established their intentions. Their intentions are obvious, Major and are of no concern to us. Proceed on course. Maneuvering engines only. Uh, all right, here we go. Could there have been some kind of malfunction, a reactor core breach? I do not believe so, sir. That would not be consistent with the debris pattern. However, sensors indicate extremely high levels of residual antiprotons. Romulan disruptor fire. Correct. And based on the antiproton decay, I would estimate the incident occurred within the last 4.3 hours. And the Romulans could still be in the vicinity. 
Red alert. Shielded maximum. Whatever that freighter was carrying, they certainly didn't want it to reach us. Are you sure you don't know what it was? No, sir. I swear it. All we have here are questions. Mr. Data, continue with your scan. I mean, I love this. It's it's very Balance of Terror from TOS. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which was one of my favorite episodes. So good. And it's got a lot of that stuff. And then it's a, it's a great sort of next step up to that. You know, you have Troy on the ship and she's trying to trying to maneuver it, you know, without putting the Enterprise in danger. Um, it's just really complex and interesting. And I love the, the, and the, the, the relationship with the commander is really interesting. It's just really just great plotting and story. I would have liked maybe a, a twist or two more of how Troy sort of figures out her way through it or or figures out a way to communicate a little bit more to the Enterprise. I was kind of surprised that they didn't have her communicate with uh, with Riker uh, telepathically. I thought yeah, that that I was... thought she'd be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, they didn't play into that. Strange. Well, whoops. There we go. If we can communicate with them, they might be able to help us. Counselor, this ship is traveling under cloak. All of our electromagnetic emissions are being monitored. Any attempt at communication whatsoever, and we would be discovered instantly. It could not succeed. We must continue to Draken 4. That is the safest course. Is there anything you can do? to the ship or to the cloaking device that would let the Enterprise track us? Track us? No. We want to get into Federation territory undetected. What we want is to get the dissidents to safety. Now answer the question, is there a way? If there were, I wouldn't do it. Yes, you will. Counselor. We're not playing it your way anymore, Novak. I've been kidnapped. Surgically altered, put in danger. I've gone along with all your plans. Now you are going to listen to me. You find a way to let the Enterprise track us, or I will go to Torreth and tell her I've discovered you're a traitor. Really? I'll have you That's all space. I can say. Is that clear, <laughs> Sub Commander? She'll have him ejected. Hey guys. I was in the hallway. <laughs> I couldn't help but hearing you guys shouting. Guys, your, um, your, your door's wide open. <laughs> Are you guys cool? Is everything all right? <laughs> Seems like something heavy is going uh, on. Sounds like you're a traitor, Nevek. <laughs> <laughs> is that accurate? <laughs> also, what does rendezvous mean? <laughs> this is not a word the Romulans have. <laughs> Romulans don't get it. <laughs> Isn't it Romulans? But I love, you know, look, I love seeing Troy fucking fired up and in command, in control, rather. A hundred percent. And she's right. Like, this guy had a plan. It's also really smart how they plotted it, that the guy's plan, he's like, throws her into the deep end. She doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He's the one with the plan. And then she has evidence. It's just like, you don't know what you're doing. Your plan's falling apart. Mm-hmm. I got to step in. It was totally logical progression. The Romulan plot has logic. For a ship to remain undetectable while cloaked, the radiative emissions from the warp engines must be precisely balanced. The ship's engineer is a sympathizer. 
he may be able to slightly misalign one of the nullifier cores. They're all over the Create place, sympathizers. Create small magnetic disruption in space whenever we were in motion. Good. Do it. The effect would only be intermittent. They might not even detect it. They will. We have an android. What? I'm Jatvash. <laughs> we can do. We have. <laughs> I have to destroy them. It appears to be moving slowly. It, it is gone, sir. Gone. The distortion no longer. Uh, you know what I kind of like about this episode, in in addition to it being a really great Troy episode, I really kind of like the the turn like turning the plot of the show on its head where like this this episode like you can imagine it from the enterprise's pov yeah like without as much like if we were just getting little snippets of the romulans Uh uh-huh but like you could imagine this like there'd be a conference room scene about this about this irradiation there'd be uh you know uh some wisdom uh from crusher regarding whatever and they're you know Jordy would have to be doing something with the sensors to make them catch the Romulan so it's like all this right. like all this stuff that you would normally see in a Star Trek episode is just sort of happening elsewhere <laughs> that's right you and, know and Troy is and Troy is proceeding with the knowledge of that stuff and is just trying to figure out ways to send them clues Enough that they that their operations will solve this. Yes, and I like that we're not seeing them really. They don't. We don't really sit with them for them putting it together. You know. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's a very cool way to. It would have been an interesting. I mean, you, it probably would have been too bold, but you could have told this whole story without the Enterprise or only having the Enterprise on screen when they're on screen. The the ship itself. No, like when they hail when she hails Picard. Oh right, right, right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that would be cool too. I like yeah. it. Let's do it. Okay, we're reshooting this. We're recutting this. Okay, guys, call time at seven a.m. We'll be back on stage night at Paramount. You sure as hell don't need the 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 turtle defector. You don't need that guy. But also, like, I wouldn't mind if he was there, just in the background. You know what I mean? Like, just we weren't in, we yeah. weren't even let in on that. But I guess I'm saying that's that's sort of the thing they create to give the Enterprise something to do. You don't need that. Well, you need the Enterprise to get there somehow. Yeah, but... Oh, I'm sorry. To have it be justified? Yeah, to have them show up at this debris field. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I feel like... And to be looking for something. I feel like then you then you reverse engineer and you take out this other thing that they're trying to get them to, this this other ship and not the Enterprise, and have it be that the reason they kidnapped her was because they were sending the people directly to the Enterprise. And then he could explain, they know we're coming here, but they don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like, they know it's it's something for Spock, but they don't know why. But then we wouldn't have the weird blonde guy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm get, okay rid of the, get rid of the dead like, weight. I Nothing like personal. World. I don't like that world. I don't yeah, want to live in that fair. world, Andy. Technology right. is still limited. Captain, Romulan ships use a forced quantum singularity as a power source. If that system is not functioning perfectly or is damaged even slightly, it might show through the cloak as a magnetic disturbance of some kind. The distortion has reappeared, sir. Bearing... Uh, magnetic? Disturbance. (laughs) 337 Mark 10. It it has disappeared again, sir. 
I like this too because like we know what's happening. Data and Picard and Riker don't know what's happening. Yeah. Like the audience is aware of it. Like if we're yeah, if we're following this, you know, if this episode is taking place like a normal episode on board the Enterprise, we're we're like the mystery is like what is the signal? What is it? What is, you know what I mean? Yeah, I would have liked a little bit more a little bit more tension of a danger to the Enterprise. I mean, um, there is plenty when the Warbird decloaks. The Warbird could take out the Enterprise, no problem. Yeah. You think no problem? I think no problem. Wow. Mr. DeServa, in your opinion, is it possible that we're picking up a cloaked Romulan ship? It's a strong possibility, sir. Mr. Data, continue your scan. Ensign, link navigational control to Mr. Data's console and plot a course for that distortion. I love the FYI, in, uh, in DeServa's last line, I was like, that guy's Brooklyn. And uh, and I looked him up. He was born and born and raised in Brooklyn. <laughs> what was the what was the what was the line? Whatever the previous line was to this one. The quantum singularity. Was, could, yeah, we made a quantum singularity. singularity as a power source, sir. Our understanding of Romulan technology is still limited, Captain. Romulan ships use a forced quantum singularity as a power source. Forced. Is it forced in power? <laughs> If that system is not functioning perfectly or is damaged even slightly, it might show through the cloak as a magnetic disturbance of some kind. Magnetic disturbance of some kind. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Look at my hair. Hey. They're heading for us, sir. What? They appear to be on an intercept course. What is the status of our cloaking device? Is there a malfunction of any kind? Cloaking device functioning correctly, sir. All shipboard emissions within proper range. Maintain full sensor scans. Commander, the Enterprise may simply be engaged in search operations. Perhaps. Where is it now, Mr. Data? It has disappeared once again, sir. I believe it may have been coming to a halt. Stop engines. Aye, sir. If this is a Romulan ship, will it stay in position until we leave? I don't think so, sir. A Romulan commander's instinct would be to attack. Engage maneuvering engines. Forward 0.1. Take us directly under their hull. Yes, Commander. What are you doing? This is pretty sweet. It seems that the Enterprise can track us even though we are cloaked. I intend to find out if they can or they cannot. Navek, ready attack procedure. Sir, disruptors are standing by. Ready to disengage cloak. We cannot risk an engagement here. (laughs) Hey, that's Andy's line. Hey, it's my catchphrase. Closing slowly. Its bearing indicates a possible collision course. Time to impact. I am unable to get a precise measurement. However, I would estimate impact within 90 seconds. It doesn't make any sense. Why would they run into us? If they were, why would they do it at full speed? I don't know, sir. The Romulans will sometimes make suicide attacks, but only as a last resort. There's no reason for it here. Time to impact, approximately 60 seconds. We don't have the luxury to speculate. Back is away from the disruption, Ensign. One half impulse. Aye, sir. They are moving away, Commander. Prepare attack sequence. All sections report ready for battle, Commander. Disruptors fully charged. (laughs) Disengage cloak on my command. Prepare to fire. Disregard that order. What? I do not authorize this attack. You will cease battle operations immediately. I 
do not need your authorization to attack, Major. This is my ship. How typical of the military to resort to brute force when discretion is required. The Enterprise has demonstrated that it can track us. They must be destroyed. Yes, they can track us. So if we attack them, they will return fire. And since we have no shields when we're cloaked, they will destroy us. Are you questioning my ability to command? You are not fit to command. Step. <laughs> I love that guy in the back's face. Oh. <laughs> he's, uh, he's playing it cool, you know? He's really just trying to... So what is the reality here? So they're... Well, uh, the Troy's ship, argument. Uh, look, the uh, Enterprise is already at red alert. Okay. So their shields are up at full, and right. their weapon systems are on and powered. Right. But to decloak, there will be a brief period of time where the Romulan ship will not have shields. Right. And since they already can track it, Worf's targeting scanners should have a pretty easy time of picking them up immediately. Uh huh. So it would, again, if it was another captain, I would expect a, you know, them to be in grave danger and them fire on the Romulan ship as soon as it decloaks. But it being Picard, uh, he'd probably hail them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is Troy's argument valid then? Yes. She's so saying you are, they already know where we are. Yeah. So the second we fire on them... We're at a disadvantage. Well, they're going to have to. They have to decloak down. to fire. So there's a period of time between the decloaking and the firing of the weapons, and because then because the Enterprise already knows where they are, the Enterprise would be able to get off the shots first to a to an unshielded bird of prey or warbird. But wouldn't that be true whether they knew where they were or not? No, because they're not. They're not tracking its exact location, and they can't target it. Do you know what I mean? I see. So theoretically, they can so just it's like it I, you know, you're. I, I know a Romulan ship's here, right? Right. Whereas if a Romulan ship that I'm not tracking just decloaked here, I see. It gotcha. would take it a would minute. Just, gotcha. Yeah, and that that right. that would live, give them enough time to get their right. shields up and. Yeah. I I, I I I used hands for Andy. So anyone at home. It's wondering. He put, he put he put the ship at his six for the for the example. But the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and then I had the uh, the the rogue ship. The rogue ship was uh, was back here. It's probably my yeah. at my two o'clock. Um. Uh. Well, it's also great writing because both of their perspectives are valid. Mm-hmm. Shooter. Commander, please step down. In order to defeat your enemy, you must first understand them. The Federation wishes to avoid war at all costs, so I will offer them a diplomatic solution. Get them to lower their shields, and then destroy them Captain we are being a great score in this episode screen. I am Major Akal of the Tal Shiar 
You seeing this shit? Don't loop the car to the Enterprise. How can we be of help? A Carvalan freighter has been destroyed not far from here. We have detected the residual effects of disruptor fire. Can you shed any light on this? A regrettable incident, Captain. The freighter was fired upon by the former commander of this vessel. I have now taken control, and I assure you, there will be no more attacks. Still, there was considerable loss of life. Captain, we do not want to exaggerate this incident. You and I can discuss it calmly. We can diffuse it before it becomes inflated. I'm like, I'm looking. I agree. I'm looking for the for I, the for the code. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what she's saying. There's got to be some. I always in moments like this, I always think like there should be a very complex Starfleet code that everyone knows. And it always seems like they're operating from zero in these situations. <laughs> How is the gravity on your ship? That should be it, right? <laughs> I will come onto your ship. Please lower your shields and prepare to beam me aboard. Very well. Mr. Wolf, lock onto Major Rakal, transport on my command. Aye, sir. Thank you. What's she doing on that ship? I don't know, number one. She needs our help to get back. Miss Wolf, keep that lock on her no matter what happens. Yes, sir. Lower shields. Their shields are dropping. Activate forward disruptor array. Fire when ready. Yes, Major. Firing. So how did... How did... She know that he was going to shoot us i guess i guess she knew that she was he was going to send a false uh disruptor fire because he's sending the he's transporting the uh uh the for me it just there. feels like a gamble she takes right right okay i don't know that she's aware of it like or you know has any real um or he she figures that 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 the enterprise can take the one hit yeah or she's an empath and, and it's finally, <laughs> and it's finally working for her. Trucker had almost no power. This is Pro Council M. Rett and his aides. They're part of the underground movement. They're in stasis. Medical team to the bridge. Part of the underground movement. The <laughs> They're the warriors. Disruptors were ineffective. Warriors. <laughs> Transport to a ship. <laughs> Was not damaged. They reestablished full shields. I'm reading a malfunction in the forward disruptor array. The power system is destabilized. What's lying? The disruptor beam has been purposely sabotaged to conceal a transporter beam within. Quickly, pilot. Locate transport coordinates. What have you done? The transporter beam originated in our cargo bay. Something was transported from there to the Enterprise. So, Major, the mysterious cargo brought on board by Major Rakal of the Tal Shiar has been transported to the Starfleet vessel. Would have been very cool if uh, Troy Polar Disruptor had killed him. <laughs> Why? Because she's like, it's clear he's, he's sabotaged his entire mission. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, that would have been amazing. I see two traitors in our midst. <laughs> Reaching into my empty pocket. 
insert shot of the empty pocket. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor guy gets disrupted. Now that you can no longer take refuge behind the shield of the Tao Shia, it's time to answer a few questions. What was in those cargo containers? Romulan ale. <laughs> well, no matter. We will soon know all that we need to know, and then we will execute you. Pilot, drop shields and cloak the ship. Prepare to go to war. Aye, sir. Mr. Wolf, now. Counselor, are you all right? Jordy, what, yes. are, you, what are you doing in transporter room? Let's get you to sit <laughs> I don't have any lines in this episode, otherwise. <laughs> this is what I came in for this day. Get us out of here. <laughs> How does it feel to have your own face back? Just right. Thank you. So it seems like he sort of says lock on to her and she's supposed to transport over and then there's a long period that they don't transport her over. Well, they have the signal lock and they're going on. They're going to warp, but yeah. you know, they're not there yet. Right. They ain't warped yet. Uh-huh. Captain, they ain't warped yet. You could still get them. <laughs> <laughs> Go Dodges. Consul Moret is deeply grateful for your help. Thanks should go to Navek. He sacrificed himself to save them. And me. Thanks to the two of you, the way has been paved for further rescue operations. What about me? I helped. <laughs> huh? The sacrifice were not in vain. Captain, you, you got any better pizza? This replicate is garbage. <laughs> you beat me down to Coney Island? <laughs> gotta get myself a dog. Uh, there it great is. Great score in this episode. Really nice. It is a great score. Uh, speaking of scores, it's time to award someone with the highest score and give them an MVC. Yay! I realized uh, that was written for us by Kenny Dixon, who wrote a couple of our jingles, and I don't know that we've heard from him in for for a bit. Well, you're doing all right, Jim Kenny. Those uh, are great jingles. Maybe he's Write just more. maybe he's just like you know they don't play my fucking jingle anymore, so I'm out. Oh yeah, he's in. We might have had it, but guess what? We played it. What? Uh, so Andy MVC, it's interesting. I, I got to give it to Navek. <laughs> <laughs> sacrificed his life sacrificed his life to save <laughs> to save Troy and uh, we followed the crew of the warbird so I mean look it's Troy I gotta give it to Troy um, although I do feel like the commander got a bad beat she was a good commander she, she caught on to Troy she was actually correct politically She's just a little bit more of a patriot than Navek. Um but uh she she knows that shit's wrong in the Romulan Empire. Yep. Uh but what are you gonna do? She just stays silent, uh, you know? She just stays silent. Yeah, I guess that's true. She wasn't enough on the right side. Anyway, yeah, Troy kicks ass in this episode. Good for you, Troy. 
You did it. Counselor Troy, way to counsel your character into a position of having something to do. <laughs> now, after this episode, do they learn from this episode? Or is it just like, nah, it's back to kind of sticking her in the background and not really using her powers right? They only use her powers when they need to. That's it. There's no, don't ever plan on her having a consistent level of power. It's just such a shame. Andy, it's don't plan on it. it. Don't plan right. on it. All right, I'll cancel my plans. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> now that Andy has stopped it, it's time to give this some Andy's. Uh, let me see if there's an older one I can play. We sit and watch and then we hang and talk, but the podcast isn't over just yet. How many Andy's does this episode get? Oh, boy. This is a, this is a delightful episode. It really is. Lots of cool stuff. I like the different POV. I like that Troy is very useful, and 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 I like the commander of the uh, Romulan vessel, and I like that they're toe to toe, and I like I like the blonde guy who really doesn't fit. <laughs> I do honestly like. So do you like him? Yes. Like, yeah. like he was an ensign 20 years ago. He left Starfleet to defect to the Romulan Empire. Then he decided he didn't like it. That so suits it, that guy. It does suit that guy. I would like to hear more. It is a little bit. It's. It feels like they have a, a, a series of lines from him that could have been a more interesting thing. And I, I don't. I don't know if I buy what they. What they flesh out. What is it? Structure. What is the thing he says he likes about the Romulan Empire? There, I don't know. I just didn't, didn't uh, strike me that much. Yeah, it was a that being said, very loose. Uh, yeah, so many, so many things that are so great. It's just such great storytelling. It's one of the best written episodes in terms of just it's a basic, interesting story. It's the hunt for Red October, and every uh, yeah, it's basically hunt for Red October, <laughs> but it's every step is well told. They put it in the Star Trek universe perfectly. They use Troy perfectly in it. As you say, the the commander is a great character. Nevek is a great character. Um, they use the technology in a really clever way. Even just getting Troy out at that last minute is really clever. It's all so smart. Um, uh, it is interesting to me that it's maybe it was so smart that it was like... They're like, well, we don't need one of our Star Trek, you know, big overarching themes that we're sort of communicating with this. But it does feel like maybe they could have had something, and I don't know if that would have been from the commander. Um, that's really my only thing. So I give it a 9.5. Uh, I, 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 I'm right there with you. What keeps it from being a 10? Uh, I think the thing that I'm saying is like thematically, it's not really saying much. And uh, well, I and mean, there are a couple does, of steps. But what does what does to that point, right? What does yesterday's Enterprise really say? That's just a fucking cool sci-fi story. You know, we gave that one a ten. I feel like yesterday's Enterprise. First of all, it's much more of bravado. I mean, this is amazing. This is amazing basic episode that's told almost perfectly. Yesterday's Enterprise is such uh, a genius bunch of twists and turns, um, and I also think it has it, it's it has more emotion to it uh, with yeah, the Tasha plot. It does, it does, because you have more. And it has something to say about like sacrifice and like I think I know like, why giving giving your life meaning after you had a meaningless death. It's just like so much stuff. I think I know why there's more poignancy to that one. 
because we're following yeah. we're we have, we're following more of our characters around. Do you know what I mean? Well, we're, but this, this is what I'm sort of really saying. this is really a Troy story. But this is what I'm almost saying is like Troy is used amazingly well in this episode, but there is no emotional gravity for Troy in the episode. And I think that could could have come out in the plot a little bit. Would have been more. I, would have been a hell of a two parter. I think. I agree with you. Like, if she to was more see the kidnapping, like to see the conference, to see the kidnapping, you know, yeah. and like you get Leonard Nimoy back in to like start this whole plot of uh, going. Um, no, that's interesting. I, I don't, think I don't have a problem with really, where it starts. Would have been really cool. But to the point I'm saying about the commander, what if she was put in a position where the commander is? showing herself to be more and more on the side that they're talking about and then maybe this commander has to sacrifice herself or maybe Troy has to sacrifice the commander you know if like Troy is put in a position where she gains in respect and builds a connection or for Nivek or something that would have been it's an like there are no emotional stakes it. for Troy other than survival and, and that would have been a very interesting way to take it I like so that. I think that's what's lacking for me, and it's really only a hair because it's such a great episode. So. You have convinced me, Andy. Yeah, this this episode is not getting a ten. Oh wow! You were at a ten. It's getting a nine point five. Impressive. Andy, Andy is correct, ladies and gentlemen. It's the first time ever. <laughs> Andy is correct. Play the jingle. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, is there an there Andy? Is there is no Andy. Is know, there must be something. Uh, let me see. Closest I can get. I know to... there's an Andy fix things too, but I don't think that really it fits. It made perfect sense that Andy broke it. But be forever. Damn you, Andy. It was a perfect episode, but Andy broke it. <laughs> I guess it's true. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, everybody. And uh, patrons, uh, you stuck around. I'm proud of you. And because you stuck around, it's time to go say thank you to every single... Oh, no, we have the... Uh, oh, do we do the trailer after this, or do we do a trailer now? Oh, it's the tapestry, everybody. Sorry, patrons. Hold your horses. <laughs> Hold your horses. We're going to watch the trailer for Tapestry, which is a great <laughs> episode as well. So it'll, Season six might be the pound-for-pound pound best season of Star Trek TNG. Wow. Well, Will it be the best season of Star Trek TNC? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I have to type in trailer because I didn't type that in. And uh, all right, Andy, let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. All right, we're going to hit play in three, two, one. Struck by a lethal blow. He's in cardiac arrest. With little hope for survival, Picard journeys to the other side. Welcome to the afterlife, Sean. You're dead. <laughs> now, Q offers him man's ultimate desire to change his own destiny. But will he alter the past to stay alive? I gave you something most mortals never experience. Or die on the operating table next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Andy, you saw, you've seen that one, right? Have I? Oh, I, I thought, don't think I watched I thought, that for Picard. I, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> oh, man. How come you don't say that every week? <laughs> Ready? Hey, Matt, will Andy enjoy this episode? Yes, he's going to love it. 
And now, guess Andy's ranking. He's going to give it a 10 out of 10. Whoa. Or not. Bold. I don't know. Maybe he gives it a 9. It'd be <laughs> wild if you like didn't like it. Yeah. I wonder how Commander Riker, now Captain Riker, would deal with the, the Tal Shiar. Let's find out. Acting Captain Will Riker in command of the USS Zheng He. And? <laughs> and it is my duty to inform you that the United Federation of Planets has designated Planet Yulian 4 in the Vite Sector as under the protection of Starfleet, according to the terms of the Treaty of Algeron. Too late. Our claim to this world takes precedence. Move aside. Great, that. I have a priority request. <laughs> what a convoluted ending. <laughs> Anyway, we'll dive into that a little bit later. Uh, Andy, it's now time to head over to the President's Circle uh, all right. and thank all of our patrons. You want to be a patron, too? You can head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. You want to get up to four podcasts a month of extra content? It is all there for you. Uh, and if you don't want that much extra content, it, we're still there for you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to see what uh, if I can find the uh, music suite we played last time I really enjoyed that ooh I found it here we go oh I have to open the door too Okie dokie, here we are in the President's Circle. We got the full orchestra going. Oh, yeah, nice. sounds good. Sweet. And it is time to say thank you to the following people. And this is, I think I've done it in order of seniority, who's been in there the most months. So the first names have been in here the longest time. He has been on this ship the longest. So thank God you, bless you to the following people. Andrew. Christopher Fanaghi, Sir Reginald Pennybottom, Chris Dybel, Derek Atkinson. A special encore presentation of Frank Sinatra, Come On. The segment doesn't stop, just like Frank never stopped. <laughs> and just for that, you get Frank this. Frank Sinatra, come on. Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> for Frank Sinatra, come on. And uh, thank you. Thank you to Alan L., Amy Giles, Andrew Ingram, Andrew Weitzel, Anthony Rideout, Ben Roach, Brett Jarrett, Brett Euler, Brian Hellman, Captain Crandall, there he is, Carolyn Land, Chris Love, Chris Nedgewitz, Christopher Colbert, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison, Cosmo Moore, Dan Costellic, Daniel Perez, Derek Westover, Elizabeth Simpson, Frederick Oa, J.D. Cohen, Jason Sinclair, Joe Fermanek, Jonathan Wentz, Karen Vanhoff, Catherine Shimmons, Kelly Coe, Kelly Newman, uh, Linnea Wynn, Lissy D., Luke Morgan Rowe, Mark Mitchell, Martin Hedegard Peterson, Mike Gaylord, Mike Jones, and Paul Carley make it up the first page. Andy, second page, go! Lieutenant Paul Sharp, Lieutenant Richard Davis, Lieutenant Robert Olson, Lieutenant Robin Larson, Ron LeBlanc, Sandra M., Sean, Lieutenant Shrikenar, Lieutenant Stephen Price, Stevie Marie Nickel, Stevie Marie Nickel, nail it. Uh, the Kembles, Lieutenant Tyler Rosewood, Whiskey Ben 77, Brandon Davis, Catface, 
Lieutenant Diane M. Martin, Emily Eldred, thank you. Fred Coppersmith, thank you. Hubert Arutia, thank you. Lieutenant James Baker, Lieutenant Jillian Randalls, uh, Lieutenant Commander Paul Brisk, Ross McLeod. So let's see if Rutger Howard is up next, ladies and gentlemen. I present Adam Rogers. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ross. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Amanda Bootwell, Lieutenant Dak Pate, Farnham Gay Sarjus, uh, Lieutenant Ian Buckley, Keith Bodela, Kim Vilsack, uh, Kristen Scalisi, Goddess of Carbs, Universal Dick Admiral <laughs> Madawin. Oh, his admiral uh, always dicks. <laughs> Chief Tactical Officer Troy Ray, Lieutenant Tim Cullen. Troy, Lieutenant. welcome to Tactical. <laughs> <laughs> Dan McLeod, Lieutenant Tony King, Andrew, Michael Barber, the first, Brett Parsons, CeCe Sadler, Chuck Day, Claire Powells, Eric Maun, Maun, uh, Lieutenant Gareth Case, Gary Martinez, uh, Lieutenant Jesse Hendricks, and Lieutenant Kyle Thompson. All right, two down, ten to go. <laughs> Raymond, thank you. <laughs> Rebecca Shavita, Robert Denton, Stephen Herman, Tackle Nui. Tim Siebel, Vanilla Thunder, Katya Woolishan, Stephen Small, Alex Borsier, Jet Jurgen, C.D., Aaron N., Heather Nelson, Jesse Glaspy, Joe Moran, a.k.a. Muscle Riss Ripley, Muscles Ripley, uh, Kathleen Guzman, Lauren Gleese, the Donkey of Prey, and if there were more than one of her, they'd be Donkey of Praise. Miriam Centeno, Mr. Bundy, Neil Studd, Peter Shearn, Tish Wheeler, Katie Campbell, Will Holesclaw, Brandon Callinger, Barry Wallace, Rachel Dylan Snyder, Chief Petty Officer Ernesto the Chief Castagna, Daniel Stenrod, Full Trucker Effect, Matthew Wipert, <laughs> Jeff Millies, Jesse Tushinsky, hey Jesse, Joe Sullivan, Kip Corbett, Linda Dilbeck, Marcello Vida. President Preston Foster, he's not actually the president, uh, Risa <laughs> Kachuk, Ryan Solo, Secunda Tunan. <laughs> you spelled it out frenetically. <laughs> uh, Christopher Pete Gill, Brian McDonald, Jan Leppert, Rob Sabin, Andrew Rees. See, he tried to go triple A and B first. Haha, <laughs> I'm the first Andrew. Wait, wait, this isn't alphabetical anymore. Oh, well. <laughs> Uh, Lieutenant Adrian Carter, Alex D. Gesslin, Carmen DeHoog, Lieutenant Dion, uh, Lieutenant John Turin, Joyce Hudson, Lieutenant Catherine Novacek, Marcus Erlinson, Matthew Dillon, thank you, Math- Matthew L. Went, thank you, Sean Russell, he's over there in the corner, there's Simon Harper, there's William Temin, there's Jeff Jenkins, there's Eric B., Lieutenant Kendra Song, Chris DQ, but fancy. Uh, Cody Stanley, Rob Baptiste, Scott Burnett, Stephen Cotter, Tucker Powers, uh, Chris Leopold, Dan Billing, Derek Hawkins, Jonathan Letter, Jonathan Sourshell, Lieutenant Nick, Lieutenant Colin McCowan, McKeown? McKeown. 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 I have have McKeown blindness. Uh, Elena, Cody Wappenkamp, Jerry Canavan, Brian Rowinkle, Kate Lee M, uh, Daryl the Animal Noy, Frederick Rombouts, Glenn Wakeley, Jeff the Human and Maximus the Dog, Jesse Elliott, Lieutenant Catherine, Lieutenant Matthew Cutler, Wesley Crushing Dead S, Nathan Haney, 
Amber Schmidt, a werewolf with a Chinese vampire. Whoa, not a menu anymore. It's a vampire now. (laughs) A werewolf with a Chinese vampire. (laughs) 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 Lieutenant Joe Moore. Do you think that some people are just testing us to see if we're reading these anew every month? Because (laughs) we are. Uh, Cassia, thank you. Matt Schaefer, Thomas Nettleton, Tim Collins, Jeffrey Child, Chad Fate, Trek Barnes, Commodore 6D4, Eric Vanover, a.k.a. Erica Laughing, Joel Cude, Lance, Daniel Hepper, Nate Richmond, The Bad Pizza. Oh, no. We're going to have to get the good pizza in here. Veronica Wisely, Andrew Polkrang, Matt Burke, John Lynn, Kvart on Facebook and Instagram with a K. Maria Capasso, The Dude Never Bowls, Tim Shields, Jeff Mullins, Tyson Klein, Lisa Gomez, Rob Trevino, that's it. <laughs> Anthony Trepiccioni, Joel Greenbow, Kellen Adamson, Rutger Hauer, there he is. Dan <laughs> Stoko, Alexander Perry, Claudia, Jason Werend. Kevin Brown, Laura McCarricker, Mike Webster, Thomas Purring, Judith Haynes, Darren Gleaton, Andrew, oh, sorry, Edward, Andres Acevedo, Kieran O'Sullivan, Mark Redness, Redden, Redenius? Yes. Stephen Very White. ominous name. Steve Thomas, Adam Hotz, Brian Adams. Thank Lisa, you. Steve Harcourt. Jeremy Miller, thank you. Elizabeth Brandt, Katie Whitestone, Lieutenant Scott Lieberman, Lieutenant Denise Kupferschmidt, Judge 439, Lieutenant J.J. Carter, Jonathan Meisner, Ryan Hecht, Lieutenant Tara Hunter, William, Alex Carrico, Ryan, not a doctor, Doom, Stephen McVicker, Lieutenant James Carrier, Lieutenant Scott Austin, Dave Howe, Lieutenant Aaron, Chad Wavel Jimenez Dex, uh, Lieutenant J, Lieutenant Jeremy, Lieutenant Dur- Lorraine Denman, Philip Gers, Richard Phillips, Lieutenant Rob, Lieutenant Todd Meyer. Thank you to Seth J. Bordreau. Thank you to Richard Craig. Thank you to Eric Rumfeld, R- Eric Rumfeld, Adrian Bing Clark, Brian Deemer, Mike Asher Mercer, Gwethelyn Williams. Lieutenant J from ScienceDiv.com, the Triple People. Uh, Lieutenant John G, Lucas Swain, Roberto, Lieutenant Section 31, <laughs> Fanman Sang, Zach Crum, Andy Puckett, TNC's resident, resident astrophysicist, Lieutenant Trayton, sorry, Lieutenant Trenton Hoyt, and Cedric Clark, thank yeah. you. And a thank you to Adam Sullins, Amanda Murphy, Beth Clark, Greg Lotta, Jason Keisler, Jay, JC Shaggy, Jeffrey Barker, Julie O, Kevin Cort- Cortecas, Lisa Simpson, Nick G. Q for you. Will you guys be going to the Doughboys pod again soon? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Scott Landles, the great and terrible Lizak, Alex Kubrick, Zach Wilson, Jer- Jerry Brown, Anthony Wardinger. Lee Chapman, Richard Jackson, Dylan Ekmelian, Sarah Friedman, Adam Dodge, Alex Edson, Amy Gibbs, Amy Pointer, Andrew Why Not Wyman, Bill and Ted Minute. Ooh, are they watching Bill and Ted by the minute? I like it. Good pod, guys. Brian Stromitz, Catherine Gertner, Cedron Law, Chuck Credo, Daniel Permit, Daniel St. Louis, David, Ed Mundy, El Chapeline, uh, I've got to read everything. Like trampoline with a hard ch. Oh, so it's chapoline. Chapoline. I see. Like Chaplin, stressing the accent syllable. Colorado. 
<laughs> Emily Snecker, Feldebemf, Grant McGuire, Hiss, James Tuttle, Janella Robbins, Jeff Karamaza, and Jiminy Jillikers. <laughs> Lieutenant Jonathan Anderson, Josh Moore, Juan Morales, uh, Lieutenant Kevin 32, Leon Kassab, Matthew M. Columbus, Melody, the one in Australia, uh, Lieutenant Michael Collins, Lieutenant hey, Michael. Hey, 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 Michael Collins was the command module pilot for uh, Apollo 11. He's not a lieutenant. What was he? Command module pilot. Oh, uh, command module. Well, actually, I think he was. What does he, what does he retire as? You look that up. Uh, I will. Mikey Melton. Nelson Helwig, Pat E., Lieutenant Philip Hanshai, Hanshai? Uh, Rob Cumberland, Sante Mastriana, Lieutenant Teddy Jordan, Lieutenant Winston Stauffer, Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast, oh, slipping it in, our competition, Lieutenant Seth Olson, Will Davis, uh, Dan Hornberger. Michael Collins retired as a major general in the United States Air Force. <laughs> Um, there you go. Uh, Major General Michael Collins. And the Cham Chamberlain, uh, Lieutenant Thomas, uh, Lieutenant Adam and JP, uh, Bob Blair, Chris Yates, Christopher the Imperfect Mate, Bateman, Christopher Mitz, Daniel Fashing, David Joseph Moody, Lieutenant Edward O'Hare, Gillian Jillian <laughs> Little, um, Hampus Theander, Lieutenant Hyden. James Mainero, Mainero. Uh, I try to give you a couple of different reads, so at least one of them's right. James McLaughlin. Rendezvous. Uh, rendezvous. <laughs> rendezvous. Rendezvous. Uh, Jason Brown. Lieutenant Ken- Kenny Meehan. Kevin Polly. Uh, Kevin Pollock? Uh, Lieutenant Mark Isseri. Rhymes with E Dairy. E Terry. and E Mary. Um, oh, and Siri is responding also. <laughs> um, Matt Fader, Molly Murphy White, Patrick, Pac Paul, Magnus, Calabro, uh, Philly G, and Lieutenant Sam Pass. All right. And thank you to Sandal Tremel, Stephanie Simmons, Steve, Han- Steve Haas, Theodore Z- Zatazello, Trevor Kozdrowski, Wabash Kozak, William Smith, James Hamilton, Jacob Reichart, Anthony Deacon, Michelle Fairbanks, Section 31 Agent Wheeler, Sunshine 51, Debbie Lemon, Joey Gee, uh, or G, Rose Harless, Alexander Cruz, Amanda Woomer, I'm sorry, what? That's not Amanda at all. That's Andrew Woomer, Brandon <laughs> Cannelli, Brian Pierce. Amanda is a great sci-fi name. <laughs> Caroline Amanda Vicks. McNamara, Christopher Ford, David K, David Pinson, David Veenstra, Derek Knighton, Frank the Cat, Joe King, John Zates, Jonah John Roulette, uh, Jonathan Bruno. What did I say? Jo- Joe King. What is wrong with me? I'm just like throwing names that aren't even on the page. You're being creative. Jonathan Feller, <laughs> Kelly Sweeney, Carrick Jones, Laura Ferson, Laura Palma Blandford, Michael Rossi, Nick Lechner, Noah Sudret, Parker Davidson, Peter Ballard, Philip Cutlas, Cultus, Cultus, Philip Cultus is exactly how I would probably say that. Scott Gokey. Uh, Sean Lyons, Stephanie Dyerson, and Tanner Wilson. Thank you. 
uh, to those uh, to our to our new friends. If you want to write it out the name phonetically, because some of these have a real high level of difficulty, and I know I'm not good at it. Matt is slightly better at it. Uh, Lieutenant Tom Barant. Uh, there's a wrong one right there. Lieutenant Tom Bondurant. Lieutenant Zach McCullough. Uh, the music is getting more excited as the names get harder. Joe Lenzen. Thank you to Noah Smith. This is Lieutenant Michael Giacchino's Chris. Star Trek Into Darkness score. It, Michael Giacchino really does a swell job. You can't. You got to give it to that guy. Lieutenant Doug Anderson, C. Edwards, Brett LeBlond, Sim Essendell, Lieutenant Tom Hagopian, Duncan Delp, Adam Ware, uh, Andre Bayou, the Romanian Trekkie, uh, Andy Benton, Daniel Huron, Darmak on the Ocean, uh, Finn Upham. Uh, Gregory Darian, Heath Korshkin, Heather Keller, Kevin Johnston, Lieutenant M.W., Mallory Duke, Matt and Andy's best friend, Ben Whittell. Hey, Ben. You got it, buddy. You are our best friend. It's been stated. Can't fight it. Patrick Reese, Paul Neal, Roberta Catt, Scott Bradley, Lieutenant Sean Daly. Thank you to Skylar Jungit. Thank you to Benjamin Garcia, Brendan Teske. J.R. Johnson, Mark C., Transporter Chief of Rupert Crandall's Inside Straight, and now all-powerful user of the Synths Imagination Fixin device. Is that what it says at the I, end? There? I believe so. I saw. I, I sadly <laughs> didn't make the... I thought I made this a long enough sell, but I didn't. <laughs> um, Everton, uh, Joe Blow, Lieutenant Sean Moore, uh, and he he says Lieutenant Sean Moore, so he may be an actual lieutenant. Uh, lieutenant Seamus O'Toole, Adrian Kopp, uh, Nick Angelo, Baron Von Poo, hmm. Charlie, uh, Commander, Junior, <laughs> Grade, John Weggy, Weggy, I think it's Weggy. <laughs> Grace Ellen Mixner, Heather Knight. Jack Diamond. Uh, and a thank you to some of our newer patrons here. Jacob Paul, Jason Burdess, Jorian Severine, uh, Jess, who is attracted to Andy, Jordan Kilby, Matt Snyder, Matthew Tome, Michael Parsons. Andy got a big grin on his face. It was very funny. Nick Gonzalez, <laughs> Peter Goodwin, Scott Farley. Anybody else got a name like that? <laughs> uh, Sean, Tom McGowan, Todd Harmon, Tony Lambast, Igsha, Jeff Weiner, Lawrence, Adam R. Murray, Adam Ringland, Brett Schultz. Uh, and Kerry Hunter, Chris Wilder, Daniel McGowan, George Porter, Jack Turek, Jason Leach, Jeff McGregor, Jeff Raimondo, Jeffrey Maddox, Jenkman91, Kat, or K-A-T, Katie Brozek, Kevin S. Brooks, Kyle Stanley, Laura Munoz, uh, Macon Clark, Mad Seb, Mark Ballas, Matt Evans, Matthew Koch, My- Michelle V. Vasige, Vasilge, Mike Boo Nackley, Mike Boo Nackley, Movie Time, <laughs> Sean Sterling Moffat, and a lot of Andy, these names you are great character names. You, I say that. my friend, get the benefit of reading the last, the final page. Here we go. As the music builds to a crescendo. Lieutenant Harana Silver, thank you. Lieutenant Husker Danny B, thank you. Aaron Johnson, Alessandra Ragusa. These are all of our newest 
members of our crew, and it's so good to have you aboard. Alexandra Markowitz, Andrew Wa- Andy Wally, uh, Benjamin Lyons, Brenda Rexing, Lieutenant Connor, Lieutenant Daniel Weiss, Lieutenant David Lebrun, David Trucios, uh, Garrett Jones, Isaac Boatset, uh, Jason Sass Portas, uh, Jeffrey Powers, Joel Ahrens, Lieutenant Jorge, Nameless Bond. I wonder if that's a James Bond that uh, is anonymous. <laughs> um, Natasha Harrison, Patrick, Lieutenant Rachel Amber Bloom, Lieutenant Zach Engberg, Maddie Chappie, and lastly, Lieutenant Verding. Verding. Let me nail this. Vertin. Ginnessness, verdinginnessness. I would think it would be verding and nooseness. Verding and nooseness. What does it mean? Does I don't it mean know. Anything? Look, they haven't been charged yet this month. They could just not even be listening at this point. <laughs> uh, thank you, all of you patrons. You oh, vertiginous means having a. Uh, a sensation of whirring or falling, <laughs> dizzy, giddy, lightheaded, <laughs> reeling, woozy. So it's vertiginous. Oh, so like vertigo. I see. Yeah. Thank you for that. All right. <sighs> now that everybody Which is appropriate for the for for what we feel at the now end. Now that of this, everybody this is uh, done listening, that would have turned it off and are annoyed by us doing these names, even though I put the time code in. Uh, let's go back to this last scene of uh, in Picard with Riker to open diplomatic negotiations and protection for the inhabitants of Gurleon 4. General or Commodore, or whatever you're calling yourself, right now I'm on the bridge of the toughest, fastest, most powerful ship Starfleet has ever put into service. And I've got a fleet of them at my back. We've got our phasers locked on your warp cores. Nothing We're not going to break from this particular shot. Giving me an excuse to kick your treacherous Talsiar ass. Instead... <laughs> I'm going to ask you one time to stand down. General, your orders. Retarget weapon systems. Prepare <gasps> to fight. <laughs> and you know what's going to happen, everybody. This shit's going to get real. Real, okay? They're gonna, gonna I mean, that's why, uh, big old space that's why battle. Shatner called him captain. He was thinking of this scene. Weapons hot, deflectors to full. Um, sh- sir, you-, you sure you don't want our shields up? Just, you don't want our, why are our deflectors on full? Okay, never mind. I don't need them. We're going to kick so much ass, we don't need the shields. Excellent decision. Stand out from red alert. Now prepare to be escorted out of Federation space. That won't be necessary. Really, it's no trouble at all. That's the other thing about about New Trek. Will. Um, when I heard you sent an SOS, I asked for temporary reassignment. Just because I didn't try to talk you out of it didn't mean I was going to let you go it alone. I'm supposed to sit around in the woods making pizza while you have all the fun? Admiral Picard, I leave this situation in your capable hands. Thank you, Will, for always having my back. I learned from the best. 
What are you doing? Edward Jellico. Edward Jellico is who I learned from. He was the best captain I ever served for. I just wish I could have seen it. Uh, I just, you know, I just wanted to play that scene because it's so nonsensical. <laughs> and, you know, it's fan service, but I didn't, I don't mind the fan service. Because you're a fan. Because I'm a fan, but I also do mind the fan service when it's like... The other thing that kills me about New Trek is that they drop out of warp on a dime into the middle of battles. Is it maybe the technologies is advanced? Well, no, because they do this in the J.J. Abrams verse as well. Uh Uh-huh. Like, and I don't think that the Enterprise... The J.J. Abrams Enterprise, I don't think, is as advanced as the Enterprise D. I mean, isn't the whole point of the Picard maneuver that it's a warp maneuver in the middle of battle, though? Yeah, that's while you're in a battle and you've assessed the situation. This is just, let me just show up into this fucking battle in the middle of it. I see. It's like just plopping into the middle of a firefight. It's unnecessary. Why are they all doing it? (laughs) And also, I don't think you could form that many warp fields that close to each other. I think you would tear space apart. That's just me. Okay. Andy. Matt. I've got nothing else to say about Picard. You said a lot. There's 400 hours of it if anyone wants to go back and listen. Uh, It's been a... It's mostly more of that. It's been a pleasure. Uh, And I thank you all for being uh, with us. And for patroning, and and being thank you around, so much all around great people who uh, one at least one of you is attracted to Andy, and and that's enough. Hey, we, there might be more. They're just not uh, putting it in their names. But at least one of you is, and uh, <laughs> now we have to go get. Also, that might just be her legitimate legal name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we must now go get the good pizza to take care of that bad pizza that was a patron. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone, it's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, Visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle for $17.01 per month.